Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Here we are again. And I have Bethany Vaughn with me again today. And uh, she is going to be telling you an eye-opening story. And I'm glad you're here listening. And I do trust that um, many others are listening too. Just give your friends a call. Because this exposes how we are living in an ultra-socialist slash communist country in this time. And I don't think many realize it. Uh, I think that Colin and I are aware um, we have in our church fellowship, we have uh, a brother from Venezuela um, who has come to be with us. Um, it's only since he's been with us that he's really come to know Jesus. But, oh my, he has been, uh, we just see how he has been under the manipulation of that country, even while he's here uh, in America, and I can't really disclose the whole story, but we are seeing things firsthand of what happens, and you know, it, it, to him it is so concerning what he sees happening in this country now, because he says this is exactly what was going on just before Venezuela, this beautiful country, the most wealthiest country in South America, was taken over by communism and now is the most <coughs> poorest country. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable there, the, the, the poverty that is happening now in this nation. But anyway, um, Bethany... Uh, is, well, I sh should say, out in the country, a neighbor, because they're only a few miles down the road. And the story she is going to tell happened right close to us. And uh, But before we get into that, Bethany, maybe you should tell this little story we were just talking before about our Above Rubies helpers. And you unexpectedly got some Above Ruby's helpers years ago, didn't yes, you? Yes, I was just telling the uh, most recent Above Ruby's helper that um, when I was pregnant with Providence, uh, my 15-year-old, uh, two Above Ruby's helpers uh, came, I guess, to help Nancy for weeks. Um, yes, and, they usually come for about two okay. months or so. Um, yeah. Well, after they had mm. finished... I don't even know how this got set up, but they came to my house for two weeks and I was very, very sick uh, with new, being newly pregnant and they came into my home and they just took over the cleaning and the, inner, you know, playing with the kids and homeschooling the kids and cooking with the kids and teaching us um you know, interesting words like rubbish bin and aluminum. And oh, I know. It was a lot I of fun. I still say, we've got to take out the rubbish. Everybody, <laughs> go and gather your rubbish. <laughs> going up to the rubbish place. But, you know, I say the wrong word. After being here for so long, I mean, we've been in the States now since 1991, and Ooh. I still talk my New Zealand lingo. Yes, <laughs> it, it's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so we were sharing last week about, you know, how uh, although you began as a young girl getting into pro-life work, 
you got married and then you entered into the greatest pro-life work of all of having all your wonderful babies and and uh, you have this beautiful family of 11 children and now grandchildren but then uh, as they got older, you began to get back into that sidewalk counseling again. Can you just mention a little yes, bit? Yes. Um, we have spent uh, the last few years um, back doing some sidewalk counseling out in Nashville. Um, and the Lord has certainly brought many, many um, beautiful um, stories through that. Um, and then the pro-life event that we went to in 2021 was also in Nashville. Um, and that event was the event that um, started this this chain of events uh, that we now find ourselves in. Yes, and uh, at that event, um, your husband was mainly just involved in um, you know, talking to the media, talking to the police because they came and mm-hmm. and uh, he was just out there on the sidewalk doing that, wasn't he? He, he was, so I was a few days um, from giving birth to my 11th baby. Um, so we were, we were getting ready to have a baby. Our focus, you know, our main pro-life focus around that time was, uh, th- this baby. Yeah. Um, but he, but they had gone to the event. Um, I had actually gone later on, um, in the day. Um, but he was not arrested that day. He spent time talking to the police, talking to the media. And, um, and then that was that the event was over and but there were some who were arrested there were that day. S- there were some uh, who from out of town um, who did sit down in front of the abortion mill door and were arrested. Um, but he was he was not one of them. No, I notice how you call the abortion place the abortion mill, and mm-hmm. um, why do you call it a mill? Um, my dad always called it an abortion mill. It was a death camp. It was a place where children were slaughtered. Absolutely. Um, so it was not health care. It was not a clinic. No. It was not a place of it is bringing not a healing. Clinic. A clinic is a place of healing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is a place of death. Yes. Of so, murder. So mm-hmm. the abortion mill or yes. the I think death mill. We have to call things what they really mm-hmm. are, don't you? Yes. yes. So anyway, life went along smoothly. Your precious darling baby was born. We, little Eden Joy. We were we were very much focusing on our community and our you know, working and raising raising children. We were um, had children getting married, we had grandbabies coming along. And um, and then one day, one, one and a half years mm-hmm. later, tell us what happened. So on October of last year, 2022, um, my children attend, we homeschool, but we also do um, co-op uh, classes uh, with um, others in our community, and our children attended these school classes three days a week. Um, 
and my husband was about to leave to drop them off at school for the morning. Um, so he was getting ready for that. He also had a big meeting that day, a uh, business meeting. So he was getting uh, his shirt ironed up, you know, about to walk out the door. Three of my children had already been out, were already out in the back um, going to their father's car. Um, and we hear this incredible banging and pounding on our house and the yelling and the ruckus outside. And I was back in my bed nursing my baby. And I'm thinking, what is going on? This is something is not right here. Um, so soon after, uh, one of my daughters came in the room and she said, the FBI are here. They're arresting daddy. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? What is happening? I pass off the baby to her. I'm looking down the hallway and I see men in our doorway and on our porch with, with assault rifles, tactical gear. Um, and I am just, what is going on? Who are you? What are you doing? They had my husband turned around against the door, slapping the handcuffs on him. And um, my husband made some comment to me, and he said, this is the times in which we live. Um, he had an undershirt on at the time, and he said, "Go, I need a shirt. And one of the agents said, go get him, go get him a shirt. I ran back to my room, um, grabbed him uh, something warm to wear, he was obviously going to jail. Um, and I grabbed my phone and I was shaking so bad and I was just pushing buttons on my phone, just thinking, just video something we need. I need video of this. And I did not know that my camera was videoing, but, um, as I walked up to the door again, I'm just demanding, who are you? What are you doing here? Um, and then the video picks up and I caught a short clip of the exchange um, between me and the agent as my husband had already been put into the back of an unmarked vehicle and um, they told me nothing. They showed no warrant to my husband. They showed no warrant to me. They didn't tell us what it was about. They did not tell us where, he, where they he were taking him. They told us nothing. Um... They refused to identify themselves. It was the most intense, surreal feeling I've ever had in my life. So they're backing out of the driveway. I'm, I'm following. I go down with my phone and I'm approaching the second vehicle and I see a man coming from our backyard with a long assault rifle out and he gets in the car and they shut the door and, and they drive off and I'm standing at the end of my driveway and I'm thinking this must be a dream I didn't feel any of the rocks on my feet this must be a dream I go to walk back to the house and I feel the jags of the pokes of the rock and I'm like this is not a dream this is an absolute nightmare um, so I run back into the house and my children are in the living room crying, sobbing, shaking. I have a child on the rocking chair 
curled up in a ball with her hands over her head and she's crying. And I just told them, I don't know. I don't know what happened here, but daddy is going to be okay. God is going to take care of daddy. And what just happened here was absolutely evil. Um, so for six hours, we had no idea where he was. They literally showed up at our house in the early morning hours and kidnapped him. Without a warrant. They did. Which is against the law. So after he had gotten, after they had detained him, handcuffed him, got him in to their vehicles and were out, uh, you know, leaving the scene, they pulled up on their computer and showed my husband, here's the warrant. And my husband didn't have his glasses at the time and he could kind of make out face. And then he knew, oh, this is pro-life related. But I did not know it was pro-life related. I had no idea what it was related to. I, I had no idea. So six hours later, I get a call from the federal courthouse and the lady says, as you know, Mrs. Vaughn, your husband has been charged with and I interrupted her and I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know anything. I have no idea what's going on. All I know is FBI agents showed up at my house and kidnapped my husband. Um, she told me the charges and um, that he would later be released in Nashville. So after they took him in, um, they arraigned him, took him before the judge. He was charged. And then they released him out on the streets of Nashville, 60 miles from our house with no wallet, no phone, no money. And I went, he, he borrowed a stranger's phone and I called, he called me and I so went and picked him up. Where did he find a phone? A stranger on the street. He just kept asking people, hey, can I borrow your phone? <laughs> wow. Goodness me. So he's um, charged with violation of face which is a federal law that was passed during Clinton's uh, presidency um, back in 93, 94 timeframe, which is the freedom of access to clinic entrances. And it states that um, you cannot, you know, violently block, blockade um, a woman from her reproductive uh, health choices. Um, and then the, the fine for that, or the, the, it, that's up to one year in prison with a $10,000 fine, um, which he did not do that day at no. all. Um, and then they tacked on conspiracy. Conspiracy to violate rights secured by the government. I beg your pardon? Mm-hmm. And that's 10 years. Oh. And... So, so he's looking at 11 years and over $260,000 in fines um, that the Biden DOJ has, has brought against us. This is unbelievable. And this is supposed to be a free country. I mean, oh, so now... Where are you? When do what so, is happening with the courts at the moment? The judge, we put and uh, the defendants uh, put in a motion to dismiss. The judge denied the dismissal and said no. Uh, the government offered a plea deal, and they said um, if you plead guilty, 
um, just plead guilty and stay away from any reproductive health centers. You know, we'll let you go with no prison time. And um, my husband said, no, no deal. Because he is not guilty. You do not live by lies. No, you cannot live by lies. Yeah. Yes. And I think, sadly, that's what some of the January 6th Mm -hmm. have done just to get out of their jail time, have pleaded guilty when they were not guilty. Others, of course, are still being arrested Mm -hmm. in this free country. In fact, I heard of one recently um, who has been charged with 22 years, and Mm -hmm. he wasn't even at January 6th. They've charged him because he encouraged others to go. I mean, where are we? Yes, we... we, um there is a case in D.C. that just, a pro-life case in D.C. Yes. where they just found pro-life people guilty of base and conspiracy, and they are currently in jail awaiting sentencing. Um, and that's just for sidewalk counseling. Um, these were, well, some of them were arrested um, at the abortion clinic. One of them uh one of them was not arrested that day, and his crime was he videoed the event. Um, and so he's charged with face, and he's also charged with conspiracy. And how um, many years has he got? They, they're facing the same, 11 years. And 11 years. Mm-hmm. Listen to this, ladies. Do you really know what is happening in this nation? This man videoed this pro-life event. He was not part of it or involved in doing anything apart from videoing it and for doing that he's facing 11 years in prison i mean how can all this be happening when we uh, when they i mean we kind of finished with roe versus wade and yet here we are well this is directly (laughs) related to roe v wade what happened is roe v wade was overturned in uh, june of 2022 the very next month biden's doj formed the reproductive task force with the intent of going after pro-life christians pro any pro-life person um, and and in retaliation of what happened with the overturning of Roe. So it's a direct correlation. I don't know, many of you have heard of M- Mark Halk. In his case, he was also charged with very similar charges. Um, and I think there's upwards of almost 30 people right now in a very similar situation to my husband. Um, but I wanted to, I, I'm reading a lot of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who um, was arrested by the Soviet regime. His crime was writing a letter, a writing a private letter that criticized Stalin in a private letter. And he spent 11 years of his life in the Gulag. And he wrote this book, The Gulag Archipelago. And I'm reading through this book. I'm listening to it on audio and it's the same playbook. It's, it's, it's different time, advanced technology, but it's the same playbook. Yeah. Um, and he said, Solzhenitsyn said, there is this fallacious belief. It would not be the same here. Here, such things are impossible. Alas, all the evil of the 20th century is possible everywhere on earth. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's what that's what we are seeing in this nation. Well, it is a total fight between the kingdom of darkness and mm-hmm. the kingdom of light. When you think of how the hate and the evil and how they're going after anybody who's involved in pro-life, I mean, because they hate life. And to hate life, you have to be... You, it comes from the enemy. How is it that a, a human being can hate life? Mm-hmm. But they hate life. They love murder. And they hate the people who love life. <clears throat> and uh, this is where we are. It, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I, the hating life, you know, God is life. And, he is life. And true freedom and liberty is found in his truth and yes. his life. Yes. And so when you have a regime or an evil uh, government who hates him, hates God, mm. hates life, um, mm. you're going to see, we shouldn't be surprised, you know, I think uh, we find in the New Testament that we encounter these various trials and these persecutions and these sufferings when we are standing as a brilliant light against a backdrop of deep darkness. Yes. But a lot of it has happened because we as God's people have been silent. We've mm-hmm. been hiding and we haven't been bold enough to stand for the truth. Mm-hmm. Even now it's so precarious, but we've still, we've got to, even at this hour, to hang on to yeah. what truth we have and stand for it. Be prepared for whatever as you and your husband and your whole family are prepared like he is not prepared to lie and take a plea bargain. Mm-hmm. He is standing completely for truth. And um, unless we stand for truth, we've got nothing else. God is truth. Mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the kingdom of God, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and uh, that's what we've got to live. Yes. Tell me about this dear, you said there's this beautiful old 87 year old who's uh-huh. also she, so facing these same charges eva edel is um she is a dear uh, mentor of mine i spent um time in jail with her when i was 18 years old and she told me of her story of when she was a young girl um of being in the concentration camps and the she wished that Christians in that area would have stood up and would have, um, you know, stood, stood for life and rescued them. And, um, she is, has now dedicated a large portion of her life to, um, to pro-life work. And she calls the abortion mills here in our country, the American death camps. They're exactly like the communist uh, death camps and they're like, you know, the not the Nazi concentration camps. Um, so I spent some time with her, um, in jail a very, very long time ago. And then providentially as God would have it, she shows up at this pro-life event that we were at in 2021. Um, and she was arrested. She was in her wheelchair in front of that abortion clinic door. Abortion and they mill had door. the audacity to arrest her. They arrested her, oh. and now she is also in the indictment with my husband. Um, so, yes. it, it's it's um it's significant. I I tell my children, I do not we 
we need to guard ourselves against squishy, comfortable Christianity. Mm. And we need to really seek God and how he can use us to be potent Christians. Yes. How we can show just and beam this potency. And I think I see that and I have seen that in Eva, just a mm. very... Uh, yes, so do pray for this Vaughan family that and for the others who are facing these same charges um that god will do a miracle there um but as you wait i think you you have to wait till next year so so we are um things have have been ramping up a bit lately um we are going to trial january of 2024 yes um and we will just see what the lord does there i i have You know, whether it be a complete acquittal and not guilty, we will praise the Lord with that. But um, if they are found guilty and they need to serve, um, you know, the judge feels like they need to serve prison time for standing for life, then um, then my husband and the others are are willing to show that that example and that love. of service to Christ. Yes. And so uh, now in this time, how are you preparing yourself and your children? Well, it has definitely thrown me more into seeking, I, and I mean genuinely and earnestly, like tears dropping on the ground, um, seeking the Lord and a closeness with the Lord that I've not had to have before. Yes. Um, and he has been very faithful to, um, to, to show me much, much grace and much love. I've, um, so we, you know, just practically we are meeting, um, with others every week for yeah. a prayer meeting. We right. are praying regularly in our home about this. We are, um, reading, you know, not only spiritually preparing, which is the most important, but also preparing our our um, our body, our our physical man to to know the stories of the past and mm. and be familiar with what has gone on in the past, like the Soviet regime, like Nazi Germany, mm. um, and you know even early Christians, Polycarp, Ignatius. You know these men were did not bow to Caesar. They did not take the oath. Mm. They were like the three Hebrew children who did not worship the idols of Nebuchadnezzar. And it's the same, it's the same story of, of not bowing and, and trusting God, um, as we, as we hold on to him and we don't live by those lies that tyrants try to get us to live by. Yes. And what would you say to, parents today as they're raising their children I think most parents uh, are not really I think you know we we still seem to live in the past blessings of mm-hmm. God in this country without realizing what is really coming upon us and it's mm-hmm. those who are standing up for truth and for life and for what is right who are now being persecuted um, but Okay, are we preparing children to be a um, compromising uh, people or yes. those who will truly stand for truth? And if we do, and uh, 
Okay, that means that we could get persecuted. How are we going to prepare our children for so, this? There's a there's a book by Rod Dreher called Live Not by Lies, and he has mm. a chapter in there called Families Are Resistant Cells. Mm. And he kind of outlines some points that, that I really resonated with that I actually um, really saw in those um, people in the past, those mentors, my parents, other people that I really saw them being able to stand um, in faith and with courage, I saw these points um, resonate in them as well. But, but they are model moral courage. You as a mom, as a dad, you model the moral courage um, in front of your children. You fill their moral imaginations with good stories, with truth. Um, you teach them not to be afraid to be different or weird in society's standards. Um, you prepare them to make great sacrifices. You teach them um, that they're a part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. It's, they're not just their own isolated individual self. They're a part of a family. They're a part of a community. But more importantly, they're Christian children, a part of this great cloud of witnesses as we... Um, the great faith chapter in Hebrews 11 and the cloud of witnesses that we see in Hebrews 12 that are cheering us on in our race here on the earth. We teach our children that it's our time to live now. It's our dash mark between our birth and our death. We're to run right now. And there's this huge cloud of witnesses watching us and they're cheering us on and their stories inspire us and they show us the faith. Mm. Um, and then we practice hospitality and we serve others. Yeah. We give of ourselves. Um, and I think something that has kind of, um, that I've been thinking about lately is the sons of Issachar, they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do in, in uh, First Chronicles. And then comparing those to the children of Ephraim in Psalm 78, who were armed, they had bows mm. and they turned back in the day they of battle. Mm. And and we want our children, we want to arm our children, we want to empower them and inspire them and teach them the character of God. When they know the character of God, when they know who God is, um, there's nothing to fear. Yeah. You fear God, you don't fear man. Amen. Yes, and so... Um, You've read, have you read that book to your children? Um, I've read sections of it to my children. Uh, You know, teenagers, completely fine. It's a little bit over little one's heads. But the stories in it, there's stories of families that endured communist um, persecution where the dad was taken to jail and the moms in the church have all these kids and they're having, you know, the dads are in jail and the moms are in church. How are the moms handling dad being in jail and how are they raising their children? And the stories like that are, there's a lot of stories in here and you can retell those stories to your young children on, you know, standing for God. And, um, it doesn't matter the hurricane and the swirling things around us, all that we, we, we step inside that center And we just um, commune with the peace of God. And and we Mm. need to show our kids that. Amen. What are some other books that you've found really worthwhile? Um, Missionary stories. Uh, 
lots of missionary stories. I'm finding that those, um, they share a depth of Christianity and a depth of faith and a depth of understanding about suffering that you do not find in regular, uh, in our circle, in our regular modern circles. Yes, because, you know, up until now, we really haven't had to face mm-hmm. any suffering or persecution. But I, I think those times are changing. And I do believe that, you know, we do have to prepare our children. We, mm-hmm. If they are going to, and they're unprepared, that is the most terrible thing. They've got to be prepared to be strong and courageous. And, and I think some of these missionary stories have definitely probably inspired my children more than what I thought they would. Um, the Hiding Place, mm-hmm. of course, by Cory Tim Boone. Evidence Not Seen by Darlene Dibler Rose, Tortured for Christ, uh, Richard Warmbrand. Uh, his wife also has, I think it's called The Preacher's Wife. Uh, Richard Warmbrand's wife spent some time um, in prison as well. God Smuggler by Brother Andrew uh, is an amazing story. Uh, God's Double Agent by Bob Fu. Um, those are those are some stories, and we've we've had those on audio, and we listen to them in the car. And um, the stories are just they encourage your faith, they grow you, they they bring you up to this perspective up here, you know, the ten thousand foot view that you often do not get. You know, the devil wants you to stay down in your circumstances and what you see around you, and. Um, you know, the great stories of the Bible, the the um, stories I was talking about before and the missionary stories, they just, they, they share a, a level of Christianity that is deep. Yes, amen. Yes, that is so great. And uh, so thank you, Bethany, for just sharing with us. Um, now, you do have a few links where people can find you. What would be the main one if they wanted to contact um, you? My, I guess you can post it on the bottom. I can, the, I'll put the all these Bethany on the Vaughan. transcript, mm-hmm. but um, some may not get to the transcript. So can you the, could just I'm writing at the bethanyvaughn.substack.com. BethanyVaughn.substack.com. Mm-hmm. I'm, yes, I'm. I'm writing about the trials yes. that we're currently going through, but I'm also um, putting more content out there on mothers. How do you prepare your children? How do you, you know? How, how do you prepare yourselves? Yes. So absolutely. And then your husband has quite a few links and stuff too, doesn't he? Yes. I will put all those on the transcript so you can follow this case and you can be praying for this precious family. And uh, we we're going to believe for God to do a miracle. Yes, but not only for them, but for all the others who are you know indicted in this case too. So thank you again and waking us all up to what's just happening in this nation. It's hard to believe, Mm. isn't it? Dear Father, we come to you again thanking you that you are God, that you are in control. Oh, Lord God, nothing uh, takes you by surprise, even though 
even this situation was a surprise, Lord, to this family. But Lord, we thank you that you have known from all time. And we pray, Lord God, we pray that you will cause justice to come forth, Lord God. Oh, Father, we cry out for justice in this land. Justice is turned upside down. Lord God, truth has just disappeared in the streets. Lord, we pray, oh God, for justice to be established again in this nation and truth to be established again. We pray that you will bring down all these evil speakers, all these, Lord, who are making nets for the righteous. Lord, they're, they're making these nets for them to fall into them. But Lord, we pray that they, the, these evildoers will fall into the same nets that they are making. They'll fall into them themselves. Lord, this is a prayer that David prayed over and over again. It's biblical so we can pray it in the name of Jesus. And we pray that the evildoers will fall into their own pits and their own nets. And Lord, that you will raise up the righteous. You will raise up truth. Lord God, we pray, Father, that your kingdom will be established, your kingdom of, of life and truth. Oh, God, we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.